Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 9th. This is double digits of the NFL season. Yep, week 10. My name is Michael Nazarek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, uh, the guy that knows everything about fantasy football, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Well, what I don't know is how we got to week 10 so quickly. I mean, it seems like we just had our uh, preseason sleepers and creepers show yesterday, but it was uh, apparently 10 or 11 weeks ago. It's crazy. I mean, I can't, I can't believe this. We're, we're officially, uh, what, uh, technically halfway through the season, nine, nine weeks complete, nine weeks to go. I can't believe it's going to be 18 weeks, and I'm going to be working here through January, into January. But, you know, uh, we do what we do, and, uh, you know, we, let's, we love, for the love of the game, uh, let's get right to the news and notes. And, of course, the big news today is OBJ, uh, Odell Beckham. I'm, I'm staring at the uh, picture of the catch on my wall here. Of course, I'm a big Giants fan, so a sign and everything. So he, so he wrote out, he said, best catch ever. Uh, boy, you know, it, it seems like an ancient history that he was a New York Giant. He could be a Giant again, but I don't think so. But uh, he's free agent now. So uh, what do you think, Chris? Uh, give me your thoughts on where OBJ lands and why. Uh, ancient history is the last time he was actually fantasy relevant, too. That's the scary part. Oh. He's so talented, but what's he going to do? I mean, there's, there's about a dozen places he could go. I know he says he prefers Green Bay. I just can't see him really being that happy there. I mean, it's a very small media market, which is, doesn't fit his persona. And he'd be – I mean, there's one of the few receivers in the league that he obviously is not even close to in Devontae Adams there. So – I know he says he wants it, so we got to keep that near the top of the list. But, uh, you know, there's some other names that are out there, like Seattle, which, uh, you know, I don't see that. He'd be third in the pecking order there. Um, Kansas City obviously needs a boost in their offense. That'd be a, a, an interesting fit. Now, the New Orleans one is one that's most interesting to me. They're a good – they've got a good record, a playoff team. He's, you know, born and raised in Louisiana, near New Orleans, went to LSU. So that would be going home as well as going there. He just doesn't have a good quarterback. So, you know, that – that's kind of up and down. A couple of sleepers you might want to think about. You know, he talks about wanting to go for a playoff team. Baltimore needs a receiver. They've got lots of cap room. He could be a stud there with a good quarterback. And L.A. Chargers, maybe. Um, they, uh, they've got, you know, an alpha dog in Keenan Allen, but I'm not sure he would be a, a good fit there to, for the up and down Mike Williams. Um, people have mentioned Indianapolis. He's not a culture fit here. The only reason he's come to Indianapolis would be because the coach here, the, the GM here likes to – have draft capital, and when he leaves at the end of the year after the rental, they could get a compensatory pick. So that's the only thing I'd consider. I mean, there's a lot of places he could go. Anything's up in the air. Um, I'm curious as anyone else because I, I, I'm curious to see where the drama takes him, and I'm also curious to see if he can be fantasy relevant 
down the stretch. I think he's worth a stash on your roster for sure just to see what happens because in the right situation, the right opportunity, for example, a Baltimore, he could be an every week starter pretty quickly. Yeah, I, you took the question right out of my mouth. I was going to ask you what about Indianapolis because that's where you are, and, but you obviously answer that, and it makes perfect sense that they would want to rent him and then let him go so they can get a compensatory pick. Uh, you know, for him. But I know the one place he won't ever go back to is the New York Giants. They don't want anything to do with him. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, the talent is just not there anymore. Uh, and also the baggage. Uh, how about the New York Jets? Uh, unfortunately, they're not a winner. So he's not going to want to go there. No. Um, Buffalo's got too many good wide receivers as it is right now. So they, they don't have a fit there for him. So I think it's a little bit more limited than, than you think uh, because he wants to go to a contender. Uh, you probably hit all the teams that he would want to uh, possibly sign for. Uh, we'll see exactly what happens. Uh, apparently he's weighing his options tonight on Twitter. He uh, talked to a confidant of his, and he tweeted out. He said that he might make a decision tomorrow. But I'm sure that we'll be uh, talking about his first game in whatever uniform, uh, you know, this time next week <laughs> to see if he's made some kind of impact wherever he goes. But it's interesting. Uh, you know, there was only, I think, about seven, seven or eight teams that had the, the money to claim him uh, for uh, seven, and a quarter, half, uh, seven and a quarter million dollars that was remaining on his, on his uh, contract, and none of them claimed him. One of them was Seattle, but he didn't, they didn't claim him. Uh, and he worked out a deal so that if he's not claimed, Cleveland only has to pay four and a quarter million. So that's a $3 million reduction. That's uh, kind of the, what they got for releasing him at that time. And, and now he's a free agent for the first time in his career, and it's going to be interesting to see where he goes, if he's happy, and, and more importantly, if the happiness lasts and if he becomes productive again uh, because he was massively unproductive in Cleveland in his entire career there. Uh, it's kind of sad, but uh, a lot of good years wasted there. Anyway, let's uh, move on over. Uh, there was a big injury that hit in Arizona. That's another team. Arizona? I don't know. OBJ in Arizona? They've got too many good receivers there, but you know, certainly he probably wouldn't mind going there because it's a winning team. This right, right down the road here from Las Vegas. <laughs> the Raiders? Uh, they, they signed they signed, they signed Deshaun Jackson. I'll jump to that right now. Uh, he signed with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders after being released by the Rams last week. Um, Chris, what is your opinion of Deshaun Jackson as a Raider? Is he uh, fantasy worthy at all? Um, if you're in a best ball league, yes, because he's still the type of guy that can get a 60-yard touchdown on any given week. Uh, I don't think he's going to see the kind of action that, that that Henry Ruggs saw there. But what it does do is I think that it keeps Derek Carr squarely in the QB1 conversation. If you look at their matchups, the next five weeks, starting this week, they've got five games against absolute bottom dwellers uh, in pass defense, including some teams that are regularly beat by the deep ball. So this is going to be – there's going to be an, a, a chance for him every week to make an impact. But I think what it's going to do is open things up for, for Darren Waller underneath, for some of the other lesser receivers they have that are going to be starting there. It's going to help the offense, and it's really going to help Derek Carr. I just don't think Deshaun Jackson, aside from a best ball where you don't have to guess when he's going to catch the long touchdown, is going to be really a fantasy factor on his own. 
It's certainly going to be interesting to see because he was all in to come here. Uh, they're excited about it, big ad in the paper and such. <laughs> so we'll see Deshaun Jackson. Getting back to Arizona, what I was going to say earlier was that Chase Edmonds uh, suffered a high ankle sprain. Uh, so he's out for anywhere from three to six weeks. Some people say three to four. Some say four to six. High ankle sprain is at least three weeks. Uh, so uh, Connor, to, uh, James Connor took over the game last week against San Francisco, scoring on the ground and in the air, had a huge game. Uh, Eno Benjamin came into the game and actually had some carries uh, and actually scored on a 21-yard uh, run. So my question to you is, obviously, if you've got Connor, you're, you're pretty happy about the situation. But if you've got Chase Edmonds, do you go out there and consider Eno Benjamin? Is he fantasy-worthy, Chris? Uh, maybe. Um, they've got. If you look at it for the next six weeks, which is you know the maximum time that Chase Edmonds is probably going to be out, They've really only got two games that are fantasy-friendly for running backs, uh, week 11 at Seattle, week 15 at Detroit. So that's at the end of the six weeks. And they got a bye week coming up in week 12. Um, they got three tough matchups. I don't know if he's really going to be that worthy. They don't even have a lot of games where they're probably going to be up a lot and he can get garbage time uh, killing the clock while they rest Connor. Uh, the interesting thing for me, though, is that it's the resting Connor part because Connor, for all he's done this year, he has never played 16 games in his career. He's always been dinged. He's always been hurt. Now he's going to be expected to carry the load. So, number one, that's going to give him, you know, that, that seven to ten touches a game to, to try and keep Connor fresh and safe. But should something happen to Connor, and almost you have to say when something happens to Connor, Eno Benjamin is a stash on your bench that could be the only running back in one of the most powerful offenses in the league. So, from a from – a, Taking a lottery ticket approach, I love picking up Eno Benjamin. Whether or not you're going to start him in fantasy as a flex player right away, I'm going to have to wait and see a little bit more to see if last week you know, is, is a trend or if it was just a one-time thing. Yeah, I think that uh, that's a good point there because James Conner was all seeming to be beat up there in Pittsburgh. Of course, their offense blind took hits and all, uh, but he was being used, way overused there uh, in, in the Le'Veon Bell role and all. And when they brought him over to Arizona, you know, it was a good balance, him and, and Chase Edmonds, and, and they didn't wear him mm-hmm. out. And yet, you know, so he was fresh basically when he came into the game. I mean, uh, Chase Edmonds got hurt on the first carry, first play of the game there uh, last week, and he was fresh, and he was able to uh, you know, do everything uh, in that game. But, you know, we, we've seen it over the years that once he gets in a role one, two, three, four games into it, you know, uh, he starts breaking down. And like you say, uh, if you've got the room on your uh, roster, I would pick up, you know, Benjamin just to stash him, even if you, you don't, you know, have, absolutely have to play him. Because if something does happen to Connor, then uh, here in the next three to four weeks, uh, then you are looking at the starter of the Arizona Cardinals there. Moving on over to Cleveland, a big news this morning when we woke up here in Vegas that Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton of the Browns had tested positive for COVID-19. I'm, I'm kind of surprised this really hasn't happened more, although today there was about a dozen players across the league that tested positive and that were put on the list, so it's growing, people. It's a concern. Uh, Chubb and Felton were both vaccinated, so that means that they're not out the uh, 10 days total that Aaron Rodgers has to sit out there. Uh, they just need to stay out until they get two negative tests in a row, and that makes them very iffy for this, this week, although they could test negative on that Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday, or even maybe even Saturday and Sunday morning. Uh, most likely they probably wouldn't play in that situation, but, you know, that's that's uh, that's a concern there. John Kelly uh, also was placed on the uh, – the, uh, he's a reserve back for the Browns on the COVID list. So that leaves to Ernest Johnson. So all you people out there, hopefully you kept him if you grabbed him when, uh, when, when both Chubb and Hunt were out 
Uh, we've got him in fan action. We'll be starting him this week. Uh, he's the only healthy running back on that team right now, so they're scratching around practice squad players and such. But it looks like Ernest Johnson at this point on Tuesday night is going to start this week, and we'll see. Um, does, does that make uh, make him a uh, at least an RB2 in your mind uh, if he starts, uh, Chris? I think if he starts, he could be a low-end RB1. That's what he was the other time he started, even with this matchup. You know, you mentioned – you know, Ernest Johnson here, that, that's what Eno Benjamin could be, that guy that kind of steps in if everyone else falls out ahead of him, falls into a great situation. Um, the other thing I think you might want to look at is that they've got a couple of versatile guys in their receiving crew that might see some snaps in the backfield. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry can throw it, can run it. He might be a guy that they line up at running back every now and then. And Donovan Peoples-Jones in, in much the same way. So this is an offense that's kind of, kind of versatile in, in that regard. Uh, even though they haven't used it much, I think they, they you might see a little bit of that this week. And maybe even some Wildcat with Jarvis Landry. You never know. <laughs> That's right. We've seen that before, and uh, we've seen uh, long touchdown passes from uh, Landry to Peoples. Uh, so I haven't seen it this year. But, uh, you know, no OBJ there. So, uh, you know, they'll do what they have to do. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in Cleveland the rest of this week. Let's get to the short uh, injury here. Of course, we mentioned uh, Arizona. Kyler Murray with an ankle. Uh, he was a late scratch last week along with DeAndre Hopkins with a hamstring. Uh, it looks like there's a good chance that hopefully most, both of those people will, uh, players will be able to play this week. We'll see later on this week once the, the, uh, the uh, practices get underway. Uh, Tua Tagaloa uh, has a finger. He was limited in practice today. He's a game-time decision for Thursday night against Baltimore, so I would not expect him to automatically play in that game. So if you've got a, him as a a starter or as a backup or whatnot, um, and your other uh, quarterbacks on a bye, you better make uh, sure you grab somebody to start because I think there's a good chance he doesn't play in this game. The Jets have already said that Zach Wilson won't play unless he's 100%, and he's not 100% with that PCL, so it looks like another week of Mike White, uh, provided that his forearm issue is over. I think he said by the end of the game or whatever wasn't an issue, so... Moving to running back, James Robinson with the heel is uncertain, although the coach, uh, Urban Meyer, said that he thinks he should be able to play this week. Of course, we'll get through the practices, and you know that'll, that'll determine where he's going to play. In Seattle, Chris Carson with the neck, he said, hey, uh, coming off the bye, I'm going to uh, practice this Wednesday. And Pete Carroll said, yep, he's going to practice, and we'll see what he does. It depends on how, he, how his body reacts and how he feels as to whether he plays. Otherwise, it would be Alex Collins another week. Uh, Latavius Murray for Baltimore, he's, he's got that ankle. He sat Monday and Tuesday. doesn't look good for him to play on Thursday, so looks like another Devonta Freeman start there, although Levy and Bell also got some carries and got a score there, too, but Freeman's the starter. Zach Moss with the concussion in the protocol. We'll see how he he develops uh, the rest of this week if he plays. Uh, Antonio Brown, oh, uh, the ankle. I don't know what happened there. Uh, you know, he came, heard it in the game on Thursday night uh, a couple weeks ago, and then came back in the game, finished the game, and then all of a sudden shows up on crutches the next week, and then they have a bye, and now he's still in a walking boot. So that's that's a red flag to me. That he's unlikely to play. So um, uh, you better uh, plan accordingly. Corey Davis with the hip, and for the Jets, he's expected to play this week, so uh, that's good news for him and his fantasy owners. Uh, getting back to Tampa Bay, the the, the uh, t- tight ends, Gronk, uh, Rob Gronkowski, he sat on Monday. I don't know, it's not looking good for him to play. He's got that back issue. If I own Gronk, I'm going to sit him until he plays and actually gets through a game because, you know, hey, that get back spasm act, act up a couple weeks before the bye and got a big fat zero, and I started him that week in one league, and it was not good. Good news, hopefully, for Logan Thomas in Washington with a hamstring coming off IR. He's eligible. They kept him on an extra week, and then they had the bye, so he worked on the side on Monday. He's, quote, expected to play. We'll see come the end of the week. 
Dawson Knox with the hand is technically due back this week. We'll see if he gets some practice time in and plays there. And, of course, we're still waiting in Denver about Noah Fant. Uh, he, he had uh, COVID and was on the list last week. We'll see if he comes off it, and if he does, then he expects to play. Uh, Albert O, I'm not even going to try to say his back uh, last name. He, he <laughs> left last week's game with a knee injury. Uh, we'll see if he can play. If not, it'll be Fant. Otherwise, they'll be playing shorthanded there. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, people, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good free stuff on there, including our free NFL Quick Bits features updated to constellate throughout the day, every day of the year. And, of course, we're uh, releasing free Eye in the Sky scan reports, uh, including those covering the Indianapolis Colts from Chris Rito. Our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters, mid-season sales, $14.95. And we got a special for you right now, absolutely free. This week's market section feature, uh, the market. Uh, free agent player trading, advice, free agent player rankings, uh, anything you want to know about the quarterback situations around the league, uh, who to hold on, who to bench, who to trade, who to, who to acquire, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, comprehensive uh, free agent fantasy rankings for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, kicker and defense, um, absolutely free for week 10. So go to the home page. And you'll see, uh, the, the uh, first of all, there'll be a, little, uh, a picture of a sale up there for midseason. The next couple of slides there, one says the market this week free. Click that, and it'll let you right on in. You can check out everything for free. Of course, there's also the samples from uh, week four, Inside Slant, and the market from week three, if you want to you know, check us out and see how we did that week and such. But uh, anyway, it's $14.95, tries the, size of a lar- the price of a large pizza the rest of the season. Please follow me on Twitter, at FFMastermind, and let's get to this week's pick to click and flick from your fantasy roster or get it on get those players on the roster a couple of quarterbacks chris who do you like this week and why uh two guys facing each other for very different reasons i'll start with carson wentz uh, it's hard to argue with the success he's had recently and an opponent with a suspect secondary and the number one run beat doesn't hurt either uh wentz has thrown multiple touchdowns six straight games the longest streak currently in the nfl and he's in the top 10 in every statistical passing category He's coming back from injury the last five weeks. He's been the number three fantasy quarterback with the fifth most yards and the second most touchdowns. He's been huge during these heavy bye weeks. He's got a few more good matchups. So you can start him with the comfort of a high floor, too, because he had 20 or more points in every game except the one he played hobbled in week three. And then on the other side of the field, I love Trevor Lawrence this week. I mean, and it's just because of the defense. The Colts have allowed a lot of big games to quarterbacks so far, five times over 28 points this year already. They continue to lose bodies each week in the secondary, further weakening a very shallow unit. And they got a clean sweep of terrible defensive stats. No one has allowed more fantasy points, passing yards, or touchdowns to the quarterback in the last five weeks. For the season, no one's allowed as many passing touchdowns either, 23, nearly three a game. So I look for the rookie to have his best statistical day as a pro in what could be a little bit of a shootout in Indy this week. 
Okay. A couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Uh, Derek Carr, uh, the Raiders, what's not to like against the Chiefs? Sorry, secondary. Yeah, they played pretty well against Jordan Love, but Jordan Love's not quite a real quarterback right now. Derek Carr is. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons. He's going to get Sean Jackson this week, too. He's got Darren Waller, of course, Hunter Renfro. And uh, Brian Edwards didn't do much last week. Uh, no four targets, no catches. I think he's going to catch some passes this week. I think Derek Carr is going to have a good game, so if you need him, start him this week. And Matt Ryan had my doubts about him, right, Chris, last week? against the Saints well uh, he showed me up uh, you know through uh, two touchdowns and even ran for one and the Cowboys secondary is struggling right now uh, I think Matt Ryan uh, knows how to get the ball to Cordell Patterson and uh, and Kyle Pitts and other, other plays on that team and I think he's going to have a good game this week so if you need Matt Ryan start him as you very good QB, two, as I say. A couple quarterbacks I'm concerned about this week. Jalen Hurts has kind of been trending down. He's struggling. And uh, the last two games, the Broncos defense has been a one-hot unit there. Uh, it doesn't really make much sense, but they have. Uh, and uh, Hurts just hasn't been throwing very much either. I know they've been running the ball and all, but I think they're going to have struggling to run against this uh, improved uh, Broncos run defense. So Hurts is going to have to make plays. Um, you know, no Zach Ertz there now. Uh, I'm concerned about it, so I'd be concerned. Uh, probably look elsewhere. Uh, Colt McCoy, Arizona, if he plays, I think he's going to struggle against the Panthers if he starts. Obviously, if Colin Murray's playing, you don't worry about Colt McCoy. But uh, the Panthers' defense really did a number on the Mac Jones and the, and the Patriots last week. I know Colt McCoy and, and the Arizona is not uh, the Patriots, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins might not play there. So if the the uh, if everything lines up like it did last week, uh, I don't think that McCoy's going to be quite as success, successful there. All right, Chris, how about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why this week? Uh, Kirk Cousins is having a fine and a relatively unnoticed fantasy season, but he's been a little up and down based on matchup. He's had three games under 17 points in his last five, and this week I just don't think he's going to be necessary. The Chargers have allowed by far the fewest pass attempts and, as a result, the second-fewest fantasy points and touchdowns in the NFL. And they've been particularly good at home, allowing an average of only 16 points per game to the quarterback despite playing against a few top-10 guys. Plus, the run defense is so bad that teams simply do not test their stout pass defense. So this is going to be the Dalvin Cook show all day. I expect a low volume and low stats in a potentially low-scoring game. And then I don't like Russell Wilson this week. I mean, coming back a month early from a serious injury to your throwing hand does not sound like a recipe for a successful high-volume passing day to me. But I know Wilson owners are going to be rushing to put him back in the lineup. This Green Bay defense, though, is coming off back-to-back weeks where they held Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes to a total of 27 fantasy points in those two games. So considering the pressure the Pat can bring and the success they've had in recent weeks, fifth fewest fantasy points per game in the last five weeks, I'd be very hesitant to put Wilson back into my lineup this week unless I'm a little bit on the desperate side. Okay, I'm at running back position. A couple of running backs you like and why? I'm going to start with a guy I've been poo-pooing recently. He's been proving me wrong, Melvin Gordon. He's quietly been an RB1 over the last three weeks despite splitting time and facing three top ten run defenses. But he, he is number ten in points per game over that stretch, four touchdowns, and he's picking up some steam. And this week, a suddenly dangerous Denver offense gets a bottom 10 run defense in the Eagles and a game with some solid clock grinding potential. I expect both Gordon and Javante Williams get a lot of action this week. The Eagles allow the third most rushing attempts and the second most running back reception. And Gordon has a good chance to have both a touchdown and to catch more passes. So I think Melvin's going to stay hot. 
And I like Devin Singletary this week. You have to like any running back taking on the Jets right now. And the fact that his path to high volume and snap share just may have cleared up a bit with the Zach Moss injury makes this an easy call. Um, uh, even if Moss is back in the flow, Singletary stepped up his role in the passing game, 13 catches the last three games. The Jets are very susceptible to receiving backs with the second most catches and the most yards per game receiving by running backs. It's also hard not to notice the 14 rushing touchdowns they've allowed to running backs with eight of them plus two receiving scores coming in the last three weeks. Yeah, that's one sorry run defense. All right, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, Aaron Jones, everyone was complaining about him last week, and I understand, but, you know, Jordan Love couldn't get the ball to him out in the flat, and, uh, you know, they just couldn't get the the offense out underway, uh, out from under their own uh, faces there. But uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, if he plays this week, I think Aaron Jones is going to rebound with a score against the Seahawks. Seahawks run defense not very good. Uh, I think he gets back, uh, uh, you know, uh, into uh, good graces with his fantasy owner. So if you got Aaron Jones, stick with him. Darrell Williams, again, uh, for the Chiefs against the uh, soft Raiders run defense, uh, I think he's going to score this week. I don't think CEH is coming back from that knee injury this week, or we'll see. But uh, Daryl Williams starts, then I think he's going to score. So uh, if you need him, start him. A couple of guys I think I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about and uh, not going to do much this week. Adrian Peterson for Tennessee. The Saints run defense really is no joke. They totally shut down Mike Davis last week. Uh, Adrian Peterson is not a Cordell Patterson. He's more of a uh, Mike Davis. So uh, if you need him, you start him, and you hope that he gets the goal line carry, but I, I wouldn't count on it this week. We'll see. Uh, and DeAndre Swift, I know coming back off that bye, he, was, he really struggled in the last game before the bye. The Steelers' defense is healthy. They're playing very well. They limited uh, David Montgomery, uh, DeAndre Swift. Of course, Swift's going to catch some passes in this game, so if you're in a PPR, he's more, a little bit more attractive. In a non-PPR, it's not looking good. Uh, if you've got other options, then start him. How about you, Chris? A couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, a couple of guys with tough matchups and a little bit of injury concern. One, one is James Robinson. I mean, his surprise inactive on Sunday hurt a lot of people. You've got to watch to see if he's going to be ready to go this week, even though Urban Meyer says he is. But this opponent does not bode well for his success. The Colts have allowed the, among the lowest total yards per game in the running back position, and more importantly, only two running back touchdowns in 2021. Uh, Robinson is a very volume and touchdown-dependent fantasy star, and he usually gets it, frankly. But this week, the relative strength of the Colts run defense and the weakness of the pass defense and his health might make this a low volume day. Remember, even in his huge 2020 year, his lowest fantasy output was his game versus Indy. So he's a real caution play for me. In fact, I'm starting Gordon over him in one of my leagues uh, this week. And then Antonio Gibson. I'm still not convinced he's totally healthy, even out of a bye. Facing the runs, the Bucks run defense is just no way to find out if you're healthy. This unit is not only stout, but they allow things which favor other parts of the offense. So his volume could be low, even if healthy. Um, they allow a ton of passing, and Logan Thomas could be back, like you mentioned, to help the aerial game. And they allow nothing on the ground and a lot in the air to running back. So this could be more McKissick than Gibson. Only one rushing touchdown allowed as well, so I think his chance of dominating the goal line is low. Two straight TPR games under eight points. I'd rather sit him at Okay, how about the wide receiver position, a couple of guys you like and why? Uh, another time this week, uh, I want to say Cole Beasley stays hot. The Jets just don't allow a lot through the air and definitely not allow a lot of touchdowns but they do allow the slot guy to get a lot of targets. So with the possible absence of Zach Moss, I think the Bills might again use the short pass in lieu of a running play quite often, as they have in recent weeks. Enter Cole Beasley, who has quietly been a uh, wide receiver one PPR the last four weeks, averaging over 18 points per game, 10th overall, and 11 targets per game, fourth overall during that stretch. In PPR, he's as sure a bet as you can have for a high-volume, high-floor wide receiver. 
And then a sneakier play for me is I love Deontay Harris this week. I bet most people do not know who has been uh, Simeon's leading receiver in his two starts. It's been Deontay Harris. He has 15 targets to lead the team in the last two weeks, as well as the most yards and the most receptions. He's consistently been getting right around 10 points per game. He's due for a big play and a touchdown, and this is the defense that can allow it. Tennessee has allowed the most yards and receptions to wide receivers. They're third in touchdowns, and the big play is what's been plaguing them all year. Uh, even during their recent hot streak defensively, the speed wide receivers have been killing them. So I look for Harris to be a really cheap DFS wide receiver three with really huge upside this week. Okay, a couple of uh, wide receivers that I like this week. Uh, these are a little bit lesser names. Uh, Rashard Bateman uh, with Baltimore, uh, with uh, Sammy Watkins still dinged up there. I think that on Thursday night, uh, national televised audience, I think Mr. Bateman is going to get his first score against the Dolphins. Uh, so if you need him, start him. And uh, like you like Cole Beasley, uh, I've got to think for Emmanuel Sanders this week, I just think that he's going to find his way into the end zone against the Jets defense this week. So if you need him, start him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Devonta Smith uh, had a good game last week. Well, the Broncos are really limiting opposing number one wide receivers right now, so I'd be concerned there a little bit. And uh, also, D.J. Moore, now that Sam Donald has been uh, ruled out for several weeks with a uh, fractured scapula there, uh, well, you know, he's got P.J. Walker thrown to him, and and they're playing the Cardinals, so uh, you know, they're probably going to try to do everything they can to get him uh, the football around the line of scrimmage to get the ball into his hands. I just don't think he's going to do much, so it'll probably be a fairly low volume here, so uh, you know, uh, you're probably going to start D.J. Moore but temper your expectations there. All right, Chris, what about you, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Uh, every couple of weeks I remind people of this. I'll start with Elijah Moore. Don't chase last week's points, first of all. <laughs> Secondly, just realize that his recent success may be less of a breakout and more a function of a kind of a perfect storm of opponent and opportunity. Cincinnati and Indianapolis are among the worst pass defenses in the NFL, and Corey Davis has been out of the lineup. Now, this Bills defense is no joke at all, and the team is probably a little bit missed after that Jacksonville loss. And to top it off, you will probably see a faceful of Tredavious White if he really is the top wide receiver playing. Just stay away from a rookie who is bound to crash back to earth, and I think it's this week. And then my caution play is DeAndre Hopkins this week. Um, he didn't gut it out against a divisional rival last week, so it's hard to see that they're going to risk him in a non-divisional game with a big match in Seattle looming next week, especially against a weak overall team and with a kind of tough pass defense. Carolina's only allowed one passing touchdown to receivers in the last three weeks since adding two veteran quarterbacks, and, and that one came out of the backfield, uh, Dante Pettis. Hopkins has been very touchdown dependent for his scoring so far this year. So the fact that Murray might also sit, and this could be an ugly low-scoring game, makes me m- even more inclined to be wary of a guy that you are probably starting if he's active, though. Okay, how about the tight end position, a couple of tight ends you like and why? Uh, Dan Arnold's been one of my favorite pickups this season. I've been touting him a lot. He's been heavily used since joining the Jaguars, clocking in as a tight end one in PPR over the last five weeks. And this week he gets a very juicy matchup. The Colts simply cannot cover the tight end and have been brutalized in recent weeks by even the most pedestrian of options here. I suspect Lawrence is going to target Arnold a lot like he has been for the last month. Arnold has as many targets as the top guy at his position since becoming a Jag. So I think it's going to be solid. Great uh, DFS stack with with uh, Lawrence and then I love Darren Waller this week I know people have been wondering when Waller was going to give you return on investment for his draft capital this is the week Kansas City has surprisingly allowed the most tight end receiving yards this year and a half a dozen touchdowns without playing against very many recognizable names at the position um, Waller showed a rebound in his usage after the bye last week and with rugs out of the picture 
um, to, to, he'll get a few less or a few more passes maybe his way. He's got a very solid history versus the Chiefs too. Three of his four games with either a touchdown or 100 yards and an average north of 15 PPR points per game. I think this is his explosion week. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, now, uh, of course, this depends on if he's activated from the reserve COVID list. But Noah Fant, I think if he's healthy and deemed uh, you know good to go, then I think he's going to score against the Eagles unit that has allowed a shocking eight tight end scores in 2021. And the other guy, uh, Mike Dzeki, uh, should be uh, utilized quite a bit on uh, Thursday night. Uh, he should feast on the poor Ravens defense against the tight end there. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, da- Dallas Godert for uh, Philadelphia. The Broncos have yet to allow a tight end score in 2021, so uh, yeah, I think his uh, ceiling is capped there. And Jeff Swaim, uh, the kind of uh, the, the – well, kind of the sexy pick for the last two weeks at tight end for the Tennessee. Uh, do not chase fancy points against the Saints. It's just like what you said about Elijah Moore, a team that has allowed a zero tight end scores in 2021. So I sit Jeff Swain. Don't even consider him this week. How about uh, you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Speaking of touchdown scoring by tight ends, I'm going to say Jared Cook. The two times he scored touchdowns this year are the only two games he's edged over 10 PPR points. And the red zone looks just have not been there as they've tended to go to the wide receivers or, more importantly, to the other two tight ends with, with Parham and Anderson getting the touchdowns and red zone targets. And the fact that Minnesota has allowed exactly zero tight end touchdowns this year makes me shy away from a guy that will be tight end touchdown dependent for, for fantasy success this week. And then I'm going to bench all the Cleveland tight ends. Um, it's hard to get excited about a tight end by committee anyway as all three guys are taking about a third of the snaps and targets and touches. And this is just not a high-volume passing attack already. And the Patriots are the best in the league at refusing fantasy production to the tight end. They've allowed 22 catches and 241 yards total through nine games. If you want a third share of four points per game, you go right ahead and guess which one of these three guys you want. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's time for the uh, one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them, Chris. In kickers for streaming, especially in November, you look for good weather as well as opportunity. So keeping that in mind, I like Mike Badgley this week. He has yet to miss a kick at the Colts, and the Colts kickers combined are top seven in scoring. The Jags allow the most points per game, and Indy Jacksonville games usually have high kicker totals, so that's good. And then a a sneaky one has been Dustin Hopkins. He's been solid for for the Chargers so far, just waiting for that big game for him. The Vikings allow the most points to kickers, so I, I think this might be it. For defenses, I mean, amazingly, they're still only about 25% owned, despite being the top defense the last five weeks. It's the Tennessee Titans. They're going to be uh, facing New Orleans, and with the best matchup they've had uh, so far in Week 10, so I like them, again, to stay hot this week. And then I, I really like the Vegas Raiders this week uh, against Kansas City. KC's been playing a little better, but I like a rejuvenated Raiders team at home versus the Erratic Chiefs, who still lead the NFL in turnovers. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview, yes, week 11 of the NFL season here in 2021. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.